Things didn't get much better at the SCG as the Hawks go down by 81 points to a rampaging Sydney. And Smithy and I are here to go through the six points of conversation and debate throughout the proceedings on Sunday afternoon. This is the Talking Hawks podcast connecting Hawthorne fans from all around the globe, not just to each other, but to the footy club as well. Let's have a chat. Spotify, Google, or Apple, you can give us a like and a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. It helps more people find the podcast. Therefore, finding Talking Hawks across all the social media channels and, of course, YouTube, which you haven't subscribed to, go and do so. Live streams every Wednesday. And if things aren't going to go our way in 2023, those live streams are going to be the place to be where we can vent about all things Hawthorne. Enough of me in the intro. We need to get Smithy involved, the great man himself, after his five-star performance in the player ratings yesterday. Great man. How are you? And congratulations for another dominating performance. Uh, it's uh, taking years off my life already, those player reviews. But um, no, nah, in all seriousness, uh, I I do appreciate all of the fan support. Had some, I think, 20-odd comments on the Facebook post today, all really positive. So um, appreciate all you Hawks fans who are getting on and um you know, at least giving me some support in what is a, a pretty frustrating piece to write when your team's been mollet by 80 points. But um, knowing that people have got some satisfaction out of it and agree with me, it, it makes it all worthwhile. So I definitely appreciate the support. It's, it's a bit of Wayne Schwoss, Shannon Grant trade type, this player rating review, because I'm feeling mm. good that I don't have to write it anymore. And on the flip side, it's just quality content, mate. So if anyone wants to go check that out, which I highly recommend doing, talkinghawks.com. And it is on the homepage. One of the first things you'll see, Smithy's player ratings, Sydney. Go give that a look. And hey, if you haven't seen the Essendon one, go and have a look at that as well. You can click on the menu, click on Hawkeye, and go and find it as well. As well as after this podcast, the Connor McDonald interview. He is a ripper, the local boy from Dufton. And Timmy does a great job with his player interviews. Hopefully another one coming in the next week or two. As well, Smithy, this is six points. Timmy and I, we laid the groundwork last week, just the six things we bring to the table, three things each that we want to talk about, about the game. There's a, a bit of doom and gloom around the club. I understand the gloom, mate. I'm not sure I'd buy the doom, but let's get into our six points and you can kick things off for us. Yeah, the the gloom I do understand. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know about the rest. I'm going to start on a positive note, and it's something that I will uh, give Timmy a shout-out for because, geez, we know the great man loves to be optimistic, and that's what I'm going to do, taking a leaf out of his book. But uh, I thought Will Day in the midfield was a massive tick. I gave him the five stars in my player review, uh, which for those of you, I know there was one comment that said no one deserved five stars. The five-star goes to the best on ground every week. So there will always be one five-star player, uh, and that is the person that I decide to be the best on ground. And I gave it to Will Day. Uh, he had 26 disposals, four marks, four tackles, used the ball at 77%. Uh, he had seven clearances, which showed that around the ball, he was really, really good, four inside 50s. Uh, and he actually got four free kicks, which showed that he was putting his head on over the ball and getting in and under packs, which was uh, proven to be correct by the massive shiner he had at the end of the game uh, and <laughs> tape wrapped around the head, big boy McAvoy style. So not only did he look good around the ground, uh, he was also doing the really tough in and under work, which we like to see. 
and I thought he was definitely our best player. He's out of contract um, and only, and I think this was spoken about on one of the AFL podcasts uh, last week during the week, but uh, with every game he plays, Will Day is just putting money on the next contract he's going to sign because uh, he has shown that he is the real deal. And I think the only thing we need to hope and pray for now is he gets a healthy season put together. We know he's struggled with his body in the past, but uh, if he can put out a full season of work like he did in this game, it's going to be a very impressive campaign and one that's going to earn him a lot of money. And hopefully that money is given to him by the people at Hawthorne. Well, we've got something like the third most amount of money in the salary cap as it stands right now with like Essendon and I think um, St Kilda might be the other team in that. Or it'll be someone. Uh, well, clearly. Are you worried about him going? Well, here's the thing. He's bought a house in South Australia. That's just a fact. He did it in, I think, December. So you look at the South Australian clubs. We ain't letting him go for less than a first-round pick, and neither South Australian yeah. club have a first-round pick to give away. Adelaide traded their first-round pick last year um, to get Isaac Rankin, of course, went mm-hmm. up to the Suns, which is why they could give Geelong pick seven and Jack Bowes, and we don't need to keep going over that. And Port don't have their first-round pick because of the Jason Horn francis trade. North have got their first-round pick as well. So unless they're going to be trading one of their players for a first-round pick and then on trading it for Wilbur, it's going to be really difficult for them to snaffle him up, mate. Yeah, oh, look, I'm not too concerned at this stage, to be honest. Um, I feel like even though the results haven't gone our way earlier in the year, the, the players have bought in. We've seen a lot of re-signings from young players over the summer and um, over the last 12 or so months. So I do feel like the players are fully committed. Um, he is from South Australia, which, you know, it always leaves you a little bit uneasy, but I feel like Will Day wants to be a one-club player. He has family ties at the club with his grandfather being a premiership player. So um, I'm pretty confident he'll stick around. And just quickly before we move on, if it, we had someone, I think it was Steve Wood, who wants Smith on the selection panel, why don't we put the salary cap head on your shoulders, mate? What would you be offering Will? Uh, what's he worth? Money yeah. wise with his body, his talent and all those yeah. things. It's a tough one. Um, you know, I'm with you on this one. I don't like long-term contracts. You know, your, your seven, eight-year contracts. I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, I, I'd be comfortable with a five-year deal, seven fifty a year, something around that would would be ballpark. I reckon. I think he's he's worth a lot of dough with just with the the potential he shows, and I think it all hinges on if he can stay healthy this year. Because if we see another injury then that's massive red flags if you're making such a big investment into him as a player. Now, Smid, we've had some listeners uh, love the podcast because they get to see a bit more of our unfiltered personality. And I'm going to let you take the charge here because when it comes to dazzling and money, how would you describe my relationship with coin, my friend? You've known me for long enough now. Yes, you are very stingy, I'd say. You are a very stingy man. You wouldn't shout if a shark bit you. So I would, um, I would shout if a shark bit me. It's just I'd be eating two-minute noodles the next day. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, the, the word starting with T that everyone's thinking of, uh, that's probably the word that I'm looking at. I'm yep. 650 for four was the word that I was looking for. And that's just, I'm with you. I, the, the long-term deals are just got danger written all over them. I don't know whether it's because of Grundy or or whatever it may be, but 
yeah, we're not letting him go without a fight, that's for sure. But Will Day yeah. was extraordinary, and it took a performance like that to rob me of my perfect Dylan Moore five-star call from the Oppo analysis. Was, and he was close. I felt, I felt for him. <laughs> it was genuinely stiff. It's We we can be petty in our competitive, uh, competitiveness, <laughs> Smitty, but we're not that petty when it no. comes to delivering the people uh, content. So my, my second point, well, the second point of the show, my first point here is the overarching problem. So, Smid, when we got rid of Tom Mitchell and Jaeger O'Meara, clearly the conversation turned to the midfield, mm-hmm. right? And let's face it, Smid, we couldn't win a clearance last year if it was an in-game, an in-app purchase at this yeah. point. We just nothing we could do was working. Out of the eight quarters that we've played, we've won the clearances four times. So we're four and four. Yeah, we, we now live in a world where, as Hawthorne fans, the midfield ain't the problem. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that, but we actually <laughs> won the midfield battle on the weekend. Clearances, yeah. center clearances, and stoppage clearances, we won all of them. Plus seven. Plus seven yeah. in center clearances against Mills, Parker, Warner, Gordon, which is unbelievable. But you know what that means, mate? Yeah, well, if we got smacked, something's arts. going on. It's the arcs. Absolutely it is. So we are now 18th in the competition for scores for and first for conceding scores. So we've kicked the least and we've conceded the most, and which is so, so un-Hawthorne-like. And I think the overarching problem, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later on um, with a different point that I've got to make, but our complete inability to go north-south, and that means the straight line to goals, um, the, our want to, whether it's kick or handball, to go east-west and go lateral before moving forward, mate, is is just boggling to me. And if I'm the defensive coach, dear Kate Simpson from Daz, stop making our defenders handball. We're not good at it. And this ability to handball to bloke standing still in our back half, Smid, is extraordinary. And mm. whoever's in charge of um, basic marks, we need to have a chat. Now... This is from Twitter, so take this with a grain of salt, Smid. But Richmond, in their entire game against Adelaide, dropped yep. 14 contested marks. Uh, sorry, uncontested marks for the entire game. Yeah. That's a pretty high number. Yeah, that seems too much for professionals. We dropped our 15th eight minutes into the second quarter. Yeah. It says it all. It, it does. Now... How I'd have to go back and do it. So again, like I say, Twitter stats can be taken with a grain of salt. But the fact that that not only someone's tracked that and it is believable is extraordinary. And it's our back half as well are putting each other under so much more pressure. So my, my big talking point out of this game is the big issue from last year is now the solid part and everything else has fallen apart. It's Bulldogs-esque. And yeah. there's a reason why we're 17th and 18th. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because going into the season, I was probably the most confident about our back, you know, our yeah. backline mix. I thought there was a genuine fight for spots because we had more than six capable players in that area of the ground. But uh, through form and other things, it's that, you know, the amount of people that you could be confident in back there is, is wiltering by the minute. So, um, yeah, it was glaring. And I think. Yeah, I, I don't want to offer too many sympathies to the defensive half of the field because I think they made some really poor mistakes and played really poorly. But when there is absolutely no presence up forward and the ball is getting bounced out of Sydney's back line with the ease that it was, it, it does make it difficult. And 
we saw it coming. Um, well, I saw it coming. I predicted it in the opposition analysis that Sydney would score heavily from their back 50, but um, it was stark the way they moved the ball down the field and uh, the defenders were naturally under a lot more pressure with that sort of ball movement coming through. Yep, they really were. So that's two points down, mate. Take us to the halfway point with your second and the third of the show. Yeah, so it was obviously, and we'll keep saying this, but it wasn't a great watch. Um, and there's <laughs> there's definitely um, some points to be flat about, but mine is Dimmer Hardwick, Blake Hardwick, and it's sort of a sort of a question to Sam Mitchell. What do you want to do with Blake Hardwick this year? Is he a defender? Is he a forward? I, I think we have to decide as quick as possible so we can actually get some continuity for him because although it worked last week and he kicked two goals all well and good, it did not work on the weekend. He started back. He kept Papley goalless in the first half, but he did get beaten in other parts of the first half. There was a one-on-one against Isaac Heaney where he just got uncharacteristically bulldozed by Heaney who kicked a goal. Um, and there were a few other little mistakes he made. They swung him forward because our forward line was non-existent and he touched the ball twice in the second half. That's not helping the team and it's definitely not helping Blake Hardwick in terms of his own confidence um, and his own form. So we have to make a decision. Do you want him to be a defender permanently or are you going to try and retool him into a forward? Whatever happens, he needs to play four quarters in one position this week because the toing and throwing is just not going to work. Um, uh, the move made Finn McGuinness go back. He is not a defender. And it's shown when Tom Papley had four scoring shots in the fourth quarter against him. So it throws the rest of the team out of whack. And we need to be able to go into a game knowing, okay, Hardwick is playing back. We pick an extra forward or Hardwick's playing forward. Let's pick a full-time defender in his spot. We can't do this whole throw it around at halftime like it's junior footy. It's just not going to work. So Sam Mitchell, I know there's a lot of things on your plate at the moment, but this has got to be one of them. Yeah, absolutely there is. If only we had a, a Grant Birchall-esque type of rebounding defender somewhere, Smith. If only we could find one that could help mm. rebound with uh, mm. with good ball use. But, hey, if, when we find him, <laughs> he'll be a good player. Let's make sure we give him the 14 as well if we do. It'd be funny oh, to do that. It would be It would be only due, I think. Oh, I think. Especially Dimmer, the 15 with the tough nut. You, of course you've got to give the Grant Birchall clone the number 14 whenever we find who yeah. that may be, and what scares me is uh, fans that we are being sarcastic. <laughs> I just, I know, Smith, there'll be one percent of people listening to this going, yeah, they do know their scrim, right? Yes, we do. Um, let's move on to point number four, my second point. Now, I'm going to say a word here, Smith, and then uh, it's probably going to be a bit more harsh than I want it to. But the word spineless. Now, this isn't in effort. It's not in tenacity. It's not even in ball use. It's in the literal footy terminology, we don't have a spine that mm. holds up at all. So let's do let, let's play a little comparison game because that always makes us feel good. Um, Adelaide weren't that good last year. Nick Murray down back was excellent on Jack Rewalt. Did great. Taylor Walker's a veteran presence, and Darcy Fogarty looks awesome. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but Dad's Gold Coast, mate. Oh, and two. How bad are they going? 
I got Ben King. I got Sam Collins mm-hmm. down back, and Charlie Ballard's pretty good as well. Yeah. All right. We move on. The Giants. Oh, the Giants. They traded up for the number one pick. They must be going like a busted. Sam Taylor's an All-Australian. Jesse Hogan could have kicked eight on the weekend if he had a kick straight. And Harry Himmelberg's that veteran presence. Yeah. Oh, boy. North. <laughs> ben Mackay. Yes, he's injured, but he's going to be the, one of the hottest free agents this year. Nick Larkey's leading the Coleman. Super. And and Griffin Logue, <laughs> who would have thought, mm. is a defender. I yeah. wish Freo had have figured that out. Should but that doesn't look really good. Absolutely. But right now, mate, we have our key forward on the pine. And by the pine, I mean his, his house. Mm. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. That End of sentence. In, that in light, either youth or confidence. Now, Ivan, Jimmy Blank, that'll be the worst game of footy I think he ever plays. That's, and I that's hope so. It. We've, we've got a long list of worries before we get to Jimmy Blank. Yeah. But... There's a snowman in the room, Smith. <laughs> Sam Frost yes. has had a genuine nightmare start to this year. Yeah, and he's, can, he's re- comparing he's re- to those sides that I just mentioned before. These this key position right now is going to take a long time to fill. Encouraged yeah. by Denver on the weekend, eighteen disposals, ten marks uh, in the VFL. It's all that he's got to do. Um, but yeah, that's the. Mm. That's the frightening part for me. When Sam Mitchell says we feel like we're building the nucleus of a premiership side, you look at the spine and I'm not sure I see it. Yeah, I I don't want to touch too much on the specifics because it leads into my next point. But the, the scary thing for me with the spine is the forward line because, you know, they say, you know, your worst teams, it only takes a couple of injuries and your season's over. Mm. And I feel like that's already happened in the preseason with Mitchell Lewis getting injured. I feel like he's the one player on Hawthorne's list who they could not afford to get injured, and he did. And now you look at the starting forward line. You've got Lloyd Meek, who is a ruckman, and who I've been impressed with in terms of his effort. He had eight tackles on the weekend, which is unheard of from a ruckman, the Mm. most on the field for both sides. So... You can't question him, but he's not a forward. And then you've got Jacob Kaczynski, who has kicked seven goals in his last 13 games, and he is the only key forward. And, you know, it's tough on him. And you look at it and you go, okay, well, Smithy, you're saying all these problems. What are your solutions? We don't have any. (laughs) We don't have any. Mitch Lewis is injured. Emerson Jecker, who could have been a candidate to come in, injured. And then you look at the other tools on the list. It's Max Ramson, Ruckman. Max Lynch, Ruckman. Is there another tool that could go forward? Like, I don't think there's another one on the list that even qualifies as a tool forward, Daz. Yeah, and who's fit? Because Emerson Jecker mm. did his hamstring. Yeah, so. Emerson Jecker and Mitch Lewis are unavailable. Max Ramson and Max Lynch are Ruckman. Mm. End of list. That there's yeah. no one else who can come in and play as a tall forward unless you reinvent a tall defender like Denver or if you throw Sicily forward. They're the only options. But at round three in an AFL season, you should not be at that point. It's it's frightening. It really is. Well, the, the question that I've got, and this leads into opposition analysis, which will come later in the week, there's just something about Sicily lining up on Aiden Core. 
that mm. just makes me think he could kick eight down in Tassie. And it's a pipe dream, we know. And we'll talk more about the Clarko Cup uh, as the week transpires. But I-, I think I'm starting to bite the bullet and just say, I'd rather him have 15 and three score, three to four scoring shots now than 25 down back and setting us up. He didn't use the ball anywhere near as well as he would have liked. Sis, but it's got to be something. You know, where do yeah. you draw the line? You've got to draw the line somewhere. Um, mm. Just leading into that, though, mate, we had 57 clangers on the uh, 37 clangers on the weekend, I should say. Um, what disposal efficiency do you reckon the Hawks win at? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I'm going to say something like 57%. 71. Really? Which means that we were when we were turning the ball over, it was in really was, bad spots. Yeah, well, that actually makes sense because I feel like a lot of our turnovers, you know, made us look really poor. But, you know, sometimes we weren't that bad. So that makes sense, actually. Hmm. Uh, no, I was wrong. 63 turnovers we had to 51. Yeah. Holy Moses. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, point number six for the show, number three for me. So the inability to take territory. So it might Hang sound on. like that Hang on. I'm, I'm just going to butt in here. You've just gone please. two in a row. I missed oh, my I? third. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. No, I apologize. I was just, I was really engrossed. In I was going to say, you're, you're, you're jumping ahead. Uh, I'm just going to quickly touch on my last point, And it's yes, sort of a, a segue into the rest of the week. And I'm looking at the selection. I'm looking at the selection of the team. And maybe it's Steve Wood. Uh, shout out to him big fan um, who has inspired me to get my selectors hat on. Uh, but we've got to have a look at this team. I was all for not changing too much after round one because, um, you know, you don't you don't throw the toy cot after a lot in round one and revamp the team. But uh, to put up such lifeless sort of display, I think there needs to be big team changes, uh, to be honest with you. And let's have a look. I think... Sam Frost needs to be a statement made with him. He's part of the leadership group and he has been a negative asset in the first two weeks of the season, which you just can't have from your leaders. If you want to make a stand, dropping someone in the leadership group is a great start. And if I want a center half back to make mistakes, I would rather it be a 22-year-old Denver than a 29-year-old Sam Frost who is and his third club Um you know, give the youth a crack. We can't be having this ball. So that's the first change I'd like to see. I think Jack Scrimshaw needs to come in now. If he is healthy, I will put that on. And I think it needs to be at the fault of Finn McGuinness. Um, there's just nothing he can do outside of tagging. And it's obvious that Sam Mitchell, whenever we get behind the eight ball, he wants to abandon the tag. And that's all well and good. I don't mind that. But then what? Finn McGuinness is just running, getting his cardio in. He he can't play anywhere else. He's not a forward. He showed us he's not a defender, and he's not good enough yet to be a pure midfielder. So what do we do? I think you leave him until you can decide if there is a second string to his bow. And this one may be a bit controversial, but I think Ned Reeves out, Max Lynch in. Um, and it's all about around the ground because – when Ned Reeves isn't contesting a ruck contest, what what is he doing? Mm. He can't play forward. He can't float back behind the ball. He can't read the play that well. Max Lynch has shown that he's dangerous up forward. He's got the athletic profile similar to Lloyd Meek, who can get around the ground. 
Um, and look, if we lose the hitouts to North Melbourne, but Meek and Lynch can have 10 plus tackles each, take some marks and contribute with a goal or two, I think that is a more positive outlook than um, having Ned Reeves contest the hit out and then play one player down. So I'd like to see at least those three changes. Um, you know, there was some players who stood up for Box Hill on the weekend. Ned Long was awesome, apparently, from all reports. I haven't watched the game. I've just um, read some reports and seen stats. Apparently, Ned Long was fantastic. Jack O'Sullivan kicked a couple of goals and looked really good. Tyler Brockman um, was really exciting from all reports. So there are people in the lower grades putting their hand up. And if you're going to come out and play this poorly two weeks in a row, there needs to be some moves made. And those are the ones I'd like to see happen. Bang. There we go. The uh, noodle out for Lynch. Wonder how that chat would go with Justin. Just in the uh, in the offices of, uh, of Waverley there. Now, the sixth point and my third mate is it starts in a kind of a segue from my last point and then I'll actually get into it properly. So in terms of the no, um, my sixth point here, or the third point for me, I, I swear I know how this concept works, is can it be the forward's fault? So here's my point. Peter Adams, Joel Amati, and Logan McDonald, right? So they're two forwards and a ruckman. Between them, took 16 marks. Yeah. Cozzy, Ned Reeves, Lloyd Meek between them, took six. Yeah. So, and I'm not actually here through, yes, Cozzy had a couple of nightmare moments, but the way that we are having one-on-two, one-on-three, one-on-fours down the ground is not actually the forward's fault. After two rounds, the Hawks are averaging a score per 46.5% of our entries. That's 10th yeah. in the league. That's 10th yeah. for 100 points. So we're not getting mm. it inside 50, clearly. And when we are, we're actually doing okay in terms of scoring. It's actually, you know, it's not a bad conversion. Mid-table, but it doesn't reflect our ladder position. Yeah. I, I, I think it is an easy way out. And certainly live, there are times where our forwards do think, Smith, that just make you think we really are playing in one third of the ground and it's the middle third. But... I think it's on our young group to want to work defensively and offensively. There's a reason why Dylan Moore is one of the, you know, the better half forwards in the league because he can do it both ways. And you saw with his 23 disposals how he was so good. Once Mitch Lewis, like we say, does come back into this team, that conversion's only going to go up and up and up. But who are our half forwards? Mm. Seriously, who? Like, Isaac Heaney played half forward for the Swans. He was very good. Yeah. You know, Richmond, they've got some handy half-forwards, obviously, with Dusty and Shea rotating between there, but they've actually got half-forwards in that role. Toby Green's kicked eight goals to start the year. Yeah. Yes, I'm all well and good saying the tools need to have a bigger impact. I completely agree with you. But the forward structure and the way that we're not playing set positions anymore means that we're trying to add extra to a contest to not lose that ball. And if we do win it, it's almost to our surprise because our forwards are getting outnumbered in a big, big way, which doesn't mean a whole lot to us. We're negative 40 for the year in contested footy. So it's not yeah. working. It's not yeah. working at all. I think at some point we're going to go, all right, Jai, all right, Jimmy, you don't get help. Will, Dylan, you know, whoever's rolling through there, C-Mac, um, you know, I've probably missed someone obvious in there. Carl Amon, if he rolls through there, 
6v6, you're on your own. Because if you do win it, the reward is going to be, we're going to get it in our forward half and we're going to convert. Because 46 and a half, and it was 50 on the weekend, but 46 and a half for a team that just can't score means it's not getting in there. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, well, exactly right. And, you know, it's easy to look at the 81-point loss, but we kicked four goals 13. So, you know... You could you could argue that the scoreboard flattered Sydney somewhat because we did have 17 scoring shots on the day. And I know a few of those were junk time goals and all this stuff. And when the game mattered, we were nowhere near it. So I'm not yeah. saying that. But, you know, to be able to conjure 17 scoring shots on the day is not a bad effort at all. And I think that's where we miss Chad Wingard because I think he played that role quite well last week before he got mm-hmm. hurt. Um, that half-forward role where he sort of got up the ground and he looked dangerous around goals and, um, you know, he was driving the ball inside 50. So someone like a Chad Wingard in that role would definitely help. But I, I agree, structurally, we just don't look like it at the moment. And a lot of the time it's uh, get the ball on the half-forward flank and, like you said, kicking to one-on-two, one-on-three. And, you know, it, it's hard on on Cozzy and I, I sort of don't envy where he's at at the moment, but mm. um, yeah, at the end of the day, you've, you've just got to, you got to bring the ball to ground and you've got to convert when you get the chance. And he took a couple of marks and he had a, he had a chance for a goal late in the game and he nearly put it out in the full. And, you know, that's a sign of where his confidence is at. But uh, at, at this, at this rate, he just cannot be your number one forward. And I don't know if he can even be your number two tall forward. So it's it's definitely something that is going to have to be worked out as soon as possible. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So it's not the most optimistic that we're feeling after an 81-point loss. But if there's ever a week to rebound, it is going to be against Clarko and a red-hot 2-0 North Melbourne down in Tassie. Luke Davies, Uniac v. John Newcomb might just be worth the price of admission alone, Smithy. Been a pleasure mm-hmm. jumping on with you once again, mate. Always a pleasure to talk footy with you and the Hawks as well. If you could subscribe, like, go on all your socials and find the Talking Hawks and join the family from all angles, that would be awesome. If you want a footy fix from across the league, you can check out my YouTube channel as well, Daz Talks Footy. And my review of round two has gone up as well, featuring a very, very handy Carlton Nuffy in Pommy and Oz as well. And he's a star. His ability to make everything about Carlton was extraordinary. So I highly recommend you go and check that out as well. Smithy, I hope you enjoy your week, mate. Congratulations again on a fantastic review. Plenty of stuff coming on Talking Hawks this week, including another blast of the past, Smithy. And I get the feeling that close to the 21st century might be just my little recommendation for the North game. Uh, maybe an SEN and Fox footy commentator involved in a late moment that might have decided it for the Hawks. That's just my recommendation. The fan live stream Wednesdays, 8 p.m., as well as hopefully a player interview from Timmy. But until next time, everyone, thank you for joining us and go the Hawks. <laughs>